0: Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Thank you for your friendships. We thank you that we can come together, we can meet one another, we can work out um, our salvation with fear and with trembling, with awe and respect before you. Um, We ask that today would be a day where you would revolutionize and change our lives, that you would transition us um, to be more like you, that we would encounter your peace, we'd encounter your rest, we'd encounter your renewal, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, last series, we were doing a series called Chai. We were looking at life. Chai is the Hebrew word for life. And we were looking at what it means to truly be alive. Now, part of that, last Sunday, we talked about a dude who was healed. And when Jesus um, healed him, um, there was this opportunity to kind of encounter newness of life, to encounter rest and and renewal. Um, So, we kind of looked into that. Now, with his particular story, what happened was that when Jesus healed this guy, everyone kicked off. They were like, you've broken the law, Jesus. Like, this, this thing called Sabbath, you've done this on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is to cease and to rest. And you have healed him at this time. They had a problem with it. Now, Jesus' angle on this particular law was very, very different. He'd invited this gentleman for the first time in his life to enter into the joy of Sabbath. That this guy's sickness would cease... And he would enter into the rest that Jesus has given him. And that is what was so sacred about this moment of Sabbath. So they saw the Sabbath as this one-dimensional thing. You don't do anything on the Sabbath, you <clears throat> cease doing any works, and you rest. But Jesus saw the Sabbath as being not only something that is to be defended and protected, but something you enter into, something you partake of that restores and brings healing into your life that brings you into the peace that God has for us. So the Sabbath first appears really in Genesis 2 but it's not called Sabbath. What we see is we see the creation story. We see on the seventh day God completes all his work and it says that he set a day to be holy, set apart, he rested on that day. Now it doesn't explain or elaborate anymore. We just see at that beginning stage that's how God chooses to spend his time. That's how he chooses to to act in that particular instance and moment. But it's in Exodus chapter 16 that we first start to encounter Sabbath. Now, for the wider context, um, for those who may not be familiar with the Exodus story, is they've been in slavery in Egypt. Moses has been called by God. He's served and followed God's plan. It's led to the people being miraculously freed from slavery And now they've received this new identity of who they're supposed to be. And they start receiving the law of God and who they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to do. Now, this particular moment in Exodus 16 is literally straight after they've left, crossed the Red Sea, got to the other side. They finish singing a song. And as soon as they finish singing this song in this particular story, in this passage, the next bit that's recorded in their activities is that they didn't have water, that they didn't have water. And Moses is, is told by God, he takes this log, chucks it in, and the whole um, area, it, the water becomes um, drinkable. And so straight away they get his provision. Now, so they've had provision for their thirst. So their thirst is being quenched here. That's one problem down. Now, chapter 16 is about something very, very different. And this is where Sabbath comes into play. They set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month, after they departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we have died at the hand of the Lord in Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and the bread to the full. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people should go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether they will walk in my my instruction, my law, or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what we are that you grumble against us. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, "When the Lord gives you in the, What the Lord gives you in the evening to eat and in the morning bread, To the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. So Moses is like, You need to fix up, guys, you need to realize where you're directing this anger. It's not at me, you're directing this straight at God who's delivered us and put us this situation. So notice this is straight after a song, okay? They were just singing. They wrote a song about being delivered from Egypt. They celebrated. It was awesome. It was in the charts. They were having a great time. Now, straight away, next chapter, they are moaning, they are falling apart, they are angry, and they are losing their trust, not only in God, but in their leadership. So, then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke, the whole congregation of the people of Israel They looked towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them at twilight, you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail will come up and cover the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness flake like thing, fine as the frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat, you shall take an omer, which is a measurement, according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some, some more, some less. But when they had measured it, and Omer, whoever gathered, as much, gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And, the, and Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and some of it bread and worms, and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it as much as he, as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is the day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink different from before. And there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is the Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field, six days you shall gather it. But on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my instruction, my commandments, my laws? See, the Lord... Has given you the Sabbath, therefore on the sixth day he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place, let no one go out of this place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the Lord of Israel called its name Manna. No, the house of Israel called its name manna. For it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna for 40 years. They came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of a land of Canaan. So this is their story of two things, of provision and of Sabbath and both of them are the same thing. The reason you can rest on the Sabbath is because the Lord has provided the other days. The reason you can take that time out is because he's got this, he's got you. Now this Sabbath that he's imposing is a real revolution for them. They had been slaves working nonstop, round the clock, beat down and oppressed. And he wants to bring them out of a slavery mentality to a living mentality. So we talk about chai and we talked about life. Um, last year we did Sex in the City Hill and we talked about sex. We talked about yada, knowing this, this holistic idea and notion that marriage is a wall defended around yada. That it's not the be all and the end all of it, but that knowing one another is the centre. And marriage is built to defend and protect that. And it's worth protecting. Now, living and true life is the life that God has given us, while Sabbath is the walls around life to protect it. Did you know people who broke the Sabbath continually were at risk of being thrown out from the congregation, thrown out from the people of Israel? You're not a part of our people anymore. You have nothing to do with us. There was even in some cases, people who broke Sabbath were actually killed for not observing it correctly. That they actually would risk losing their life because of not observing this. That's how serious that they treated it as a community. Because they knew what would happen to their community if they didn't value rest. They knew what would happen to them as a people if they were not that way inclined. Now, here's one thing that we need to learn from this story is... God does something really kind of interesting and powerful in this particular story. So they're storing up all this food. Now, some people try and get around the system. Some people tried to go out on the Sabbath to get it, and it wasn't there. There was nothing to be found. Others try to keep stuff left over so they'd have more later, that they'd be ahead of their peers, that they'd have more than someone else. And it rotted away. We can live our lives thinking if I don't do this, the complete opposite of what we were talking earlier with uh, the example that Jody was sharing of a friend of ours who literally worked um, seven days nonstop, no days off, no break, no nothing, to get ahead, to get this house, to get this. But in this story, what it's saying is if you work seven days a week, if you go all out and do all this, you will be no better off. Whether it's rotting maggots in the bread or rotting maggots in your soul whether it's rotting maggots here or nothing being there, you going out. You think that when you go out and you do that, you're finding something of worth because you think, if I work an extra day, I can have an extra thousand pounds but, uh, 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 over the course of a month or over the course of two months. If I work an extra this, if I do this, if I do that, I'll, I'll get ahead, I'll have this. But what this story tells us is, if you go ahead on the Sabbath, if you don't take this holy set apart time and you go out, do you know what you're going to find? You're going to find there's nothing there. Not because the money's not there. But what you're finding is of no worth because this is sacred this matters and if there's one of the 10 commandments or instructions whichever way you want to look at it that is ignored more than any other it's the sabbath it's the sabbath and people want to live their lives in a slavery mentality instead of a living mentality that one of the sacred, most beautiful instructions and laws that is for our well-being, for the well-being of our relationships one to another, and all different aspects. If we want to live life with a healthy, God-balanced diet, we have to observe Sabbath. We have to take it in. We have to explore what Sabbath is going to look like for me, what Sabbath is going to look like for you. We have to find that space, we have to find that time because it's sacred, it's holy, and it really matters. It really, really matters. If you look at a number of companies at the moment and the number of books that are coming out about um, wellness and um, businesses and organisations are looking at really holistically and scientifically what's best for getting the productivity that they require out of their staff. And more and more businesses are actually getting really strict on uh, the time you spend on overtime and they're getting really strict on the breaks that you take. They're getting really strict on these things because actually those people who work straight through their lunch period whilst eating are less productive. Those people who don't take that time out and change their environment to look at something else are less productive, which is why Google's offices have the most amazing infrastructure around you that as you wander around. um, I was reading about a place called Second Home, which is this new business place started up in Shoreditch. Where um, all these new hot startups are working, and even some really big businesses have moved there, because they have no straight lines. Everything is curved. Everything is to make you think differently. Um, They have um, massages, massage rooms, all different kinds of things that are going on. So you take this time out from there. They're now building a new floor where there's rooms you can stay um, and, and sleep in, and all different kinds of stuff. They've got these really top restaurants, top chefs, all down there. Why? Because. All of it is to inspire you, that you are living life, that you're taking adequate rest. You're taking not only using this space as a place of work, but a place of living, a place of seeing and breathing and being. And so one of the most key areas of this is now being kind of brought back into our society. Now, when I was a kid, I remember when nothing was open on a Sunday, everything was shut down. And now everyone is like, bang, 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 work, 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 and um, I was even chatting to a guy last week who literally works about three different jobs, studying a university course in his spare time, sees his kids for a couple of hours a week. And he's like that when he does, he's like twitching with one eye open, like, uh, and doing all of that. And then you're like, yeah, I get what you're doing and I see what you're trying to achieve, but you're not alive. You're not alive. You're a slave in your situation. You're trapped in your circumstance. Also, I want to say to us, and we're going to touch in on this a little bit in the future on, a, on one of the other weeks, because we're going to do three weeks of looking at Sabbath. Um, today is really to lay down the foundation and underpin for what we're going to move on to looking at. We're going to look at the joy of Sabbath. We're going to have a, a time when we're going to explore in one of the two weeks after this what Sabbath's going to look like for us, how we're going to structure and organize our Sabbath. We're going to look at different blocks and go, oh, I want that on my Sabbath. I want that there. This is how I'm going to... Do it so that we use it to not just be a time of rest, of afraid to do anything, like, oh, flipping heck, what do I do? But actually, we enjoy the week that's gone and we look ahead with faith in anticipation to the week that's coming, resting in the joy of our God. But also, we're going to look at what are the things that I'm doing all the time that are keeping me constantly active and connected to that which I need to step back and rest from. And so, we're going to be asking the questions over these three weeks. What is it I'm connected to constantly that I need to not be connected to? What is it I need to enter into that I can maximize my joy, maximize my life, that I can know what chai is? We've talked about the last series, what being truly alive means and looks like. Well, without Sabbath, you can't truly be alive because you're filling the time of rest, which we all need. If God did it, we need it. And um, Jesus has something powerful and wonderful for us. And that Sabbath isn't there as something as a killjoy; it is one of the ultimate bringers of joy. Um, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to kind of close on that for today. Um, Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you. You took a people out of slavery. You led them to freedom, and you you forced them to create a space for rest. Father, we pray that over this series, this would not be a waste of time, but this would be a time when we force ourselves to reevaluate our lives. Reevaluate how we can maximize our opportunity to be alive by protecting and defending time of rest in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and refresh us today. We pray we would enter into new life and into new joy that you give each and every one of us. We pray, Father, we would not be deceived into thinking, if I just work harder, if I set up this project outside of this, if I take over this time which is going to be dedicated to the Lord and enjoying his rest, I'm going to get ahead. We know from this story, you don't get ahead. You end up with something worth nothing because rest and Sabbath and joy is worth so much more. Father, may we know the life that you give us. You've said you've come to give us life, life more abundantly. Help us to protect it with Sabbath. Father, you said, come unto me all who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Father, we pray that as we change our lives to fit Sabbath in, we would receive the rest that Jesus gives us. In Jesus' name, Father, we just look to you. Um, Amen. The last thing I want to pull out from this passage as I close is if you notice the context before it, they were thirsty coming out and he provided for them. Jesus said, come to me who are thirsty and drink. He was relating to this story that he would give them the thirst, that he was their provider for life. But then he goes say, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest. He is the Sabbath. He is the one that gives us the freedom and the liberty to enjoy the joy, the love, and the goodness of God and to truly be alive. He gives us the life. But although we don't live under the law, this law wasn't there for no reason. There's a reason He gives us instruction. And I want to encourage each of us this week to really look ahead to what day we are going to set aside to cut out and rest in Him and knowing who He is. Amen. So, um, the next couple of weeks is going to be really good. We're going to have a fantastic time. We're going to be looking at what it means to rest. We're going to look at and we're going to work out our own Sabbath and how we want it to be. It doesn't mean it always has to be like that every week, but it means we can start to explore and see like, wow, Sabbath doesn't have to be how I thought it was. Like, I grew up in a family where my dad's like, you can't play football, it's a Sabbath. You can't watch TV, it's a Sabbath. Like... Um, It was great for him. He was like 50-something. He got home from church and laid on the sofa and crashed out. But I was just like, I've got energy. I need to do stuff. So we're going to explore what it means. Um, If you want to grab our City Hill, this Sunday flyer, um, invite someone special this week. That would be really, really cool. Uh, Maybe you've got a friend who just looks like they are that person that is like, I must get ahead in life. I'm going to do everything invite them say next week you, you can enter into some rest it's going to be wicked it's going to be awesome we're going to do some fun slightly different stuff um, it's going to be a little more practical um, and yeah that's it cool